I'm Caitlin. And I'm Kara. And this is Talk Direction, bonus episode number four. So today we have a really exciting episode that's going to be about being in the fandom and being on a podcast and, I don't know, talking about fandom in general. And as you guys have known, we've been doing collaborations lately for the past couple of episodes, which have been totally awesome. So make sure you go check those out. Um, But this week we're going to be collaborating with another podcast, which is a Taylor Swift podcast called Swiftcast. Um, And they reached out to us and asked if we would do an episode with them. And it's going to be where we're just going to like pretty casual, have a conversation, talk back and forth, you know, ask each other questions about being in different fandoms. And I'm sure you guys know that Kara and I are both pretty big Taylor Swift fans um, in general. So I think it'll be really cool uh, to be able to talk to them about that. Um, but yeah, we're just going to jump right in. Kara, do you have anything to say? Um, no, I just liked how you said, like, we're going to have a conversation, talking back and forth. I'm like, how is he going to have a conversation? (laughs) You know. You know, I have to define conversation. You (laughs) never know. I mean, you know, like, just drop that knowledge on them. Yeah. So (laughs) let's get into this, get into this awesome episode today. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, we were really excited because we came across this BuzzFeed article that some fans put together about five fan podcasts that you need to be listening to and we were on there which was super exciting but also on there was a podcast called talk direction which is a fan-run podcast sort of just like ours that covers everything about one direction so we thought it would be fun to get together with them and talk about both of our shows so joining us now we have caitlin and kara from talk direction hi We're so happy to be here. This is really exciting. I love that we're like all getting together to talk about fandom things because coming like having two fandoms come together is a really cool idea. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I was really excited about seeing your podcast on the BuzzFeed article. Yeah, that was super exciting. Mm-hmm. We were very excited to to hear us on an actual BuzzFeed podcast list. When we started in 2013, I remember looking around on iTunes to see if there were podcasts for any of the other popular artists, and there really weren't any. I feel like mm. it's it's taken a while for those to start coming out. I know. I was even surprised when we before we started this podcast, like I was looking, oh, I'm sure there's a One Direction podcast out there, and to find out that there wasn't really one. I know there was a couple that were like, did some episodes way back when, but not on iTunes. So I thought that was pretty crazy that there wasn't one for One Direction. I guess it's because only a certain percentage of people are familiar with podcasts, maybe, or know how they work. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's pretty, like, hard to start one. Like, when we wanted to start one, we did not know, like, the amount of effort and, like, time that went into, like, even just starting it up. So I think that also might be a reason. Yeah. Especially when a lot of fandom is run by young people who might not, like, have the time necessarily to figure out how to put a podcast together. (laughs) Like, if they're in school or whatever that's true you guys are both college students right Mm -hmm. yeah we're both juniors i'm impressed that you find the time because we all work (laughs) pretty much like nine to five jobs and we have a hard time finding the time every week yeah yeah that's crazy it's definitely a lot because i think a lot of people don't realize that it's not just like the hour and a half you record there's a ton of other stuff that goes into making a podcast with the planning and like promotion and in researching like what you're going to talk about and you know, all that type of stuff that goes into it. You end up spending a lot of hours each week working on it. Right. So what made you guys want to start a podcast about One Direction? Well, we've both been listening to podcasts for a really long time, since mm-hmm. we were like 12 or something. Um, we started with... Uh, That's it? 10 years. Oh, wait, no, yeah. it's not. <laughs> it's almost, <laughs> yeah, almost nine 10. years. Nine years. Nine That's years, crazy. yeah. Uh, it started with 
imprint which was a, a twilight podcast you know those middle school years <laughs> um, and we got into harry potter podcast as well muggle cast um and it kind of went from there and we both listened and like we both talked about because we both listened so it sort of became a part of our friendship yeah to talk about podcasts and i don't know we've listened for years and when we came into the one direction fandom i hadn't really thought of the idea and we had been fans for a couple of years and then i was like uh, I found different podcasts, fandom podcasts on iTunes, and I was like, hey, there's no One Direction one. Um, and I ended up calling Kara up and was like, hey, do you want to start a podcast with me? <laughs> yeah, it was like out of the blue. It was crazy. Yeah. So then we were like, you know what? Let's do it. And and it was kind of at that point, like, are we actually doing this? Are we going to like be creators in a fandom? This is really weird. But it was something where bit by bit, as you get like small little goals made, you know, finding a title for the podcast, getting a website, like doing each of these, it slowly came together. And uh, it was something that we ended up following through with. And it's been an absolutely amazing experience. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I think especially in the Taylor fandom, there's so many fans who just do all these different types of projects for her. And it's so hard to find something unique to do because it seems like everything has been done. So yeah, we are just excited to have something to work on. Like it just really makes our lives fun. And when she's in the off season, like she is now, we're not going to shows. So this is kind of a way that we still keep our love for Taylor going, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. Like we have the whole big one direction taking a break for a while and, you know, we're going to keep it up. And I know people have written to us saying like, are you still doing your podcast over the 1D break? And we're yeah. like, yep, we're still here. Yeah. Like People are all, all like, they're just saying how like our podcast is what's getting through or like getting them through the break. So yeah. like that's really So sweet. I can and, imagine like, you guys have the same experience with that type of thing. Yeah. Well, I think we are all curious about that. So I've seen a couple different articles about this break. Does it seem like it's for sure? Is it? So it seems like they're pretty adamant on just calling it a hiatus, but they don't really say like how long it is. So we're just kind of like, you know, going like rolling with it and like see how, seeing how long it ends up being but it seems like it's probably going to be at least a year if not a year and a half ish but you know like we're like excited and we're going to support the boys and like if they do like solo projects and stuff so we're not like anti-solo projects or anything like that yeah i think from what happened in the media they twisted it very much into one direction's breaking up and at first when we talk about it a couple months ago on the podcast about like the idea of one direction breaking up we were kind of quite negative about it thinking like yeah this is probably like, we don't know if they're going to get back together. But since then, the boys have talked about it themselves and addressed it in actual video, not just, like, rumored tabloids or whatever, yeah. and said, like, no, we're just taking a break. Like, all the other people do it. Like, we know right now Taylor Swift's taking a break. Sam Smith's taking a break. Ed, Ed Sheeran's taking a break. <laughs> Everyone's taking a break. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. taking a break. But somehow, like, the One Direction, because they're, like, a boy band, them taking a break somehow means them breaking up, which we don't think is happening yeah. based on like everything. But yeah, if the boys do solo projects. You know, there's rumors that um, Louis is going to be a judge on X Factor or like maybe doing different collaborations, like writing, songwriting with other artists, um, which we're really excited to talk mm -hmm. about. I think, I mean, I think it's cool to see what they could do as individuals. Yeah, I was thinking that too, as a podcast, even if they do their own solo projects, you can be supporting all five of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. And since you guys started somewhat recently, you probably have their whole sort of back catalog of music that you can talk about too. 
Yeah, exactly. We have so many songs that we can go back to and discuss and different comparisons and, and music videos and stuff. I remember like when we first started it, when we were like on episode 10 or something, and we we're like, oh, what if we don't have like enough material? And then I realized we have like literally every single song off their five <laughs> albums to talk about and like yeah. all the music videos and like every interview if we really want to go that deep. So yeah. So with Zane going off on his own, mm. that seemed very dramatic to me. And this is, I'm not an insider of the fandom <laughs> or anything. But it seemed very dramatic. So are you guys still focusing on Zane or do you feel like he's sort of betrayed the group or I mean, some of the things he's been saying recently have been pretty harsh, I think. Yeah. So we have actually like differing opinions on this, me and Caitlin. <laughs> Although I feel like my opinion changes like day to day, you know, like with the weather, like the moon cycle. Like it literally, <laughs> I don't have like one like straight opinion on it. I just feel like I will always have like a soft spot for him. But I feel like some of the things he's saying about One Direction and like One Direction's music and like that he hasn't really been in contact with the boys. It sort of like, you know, it breaks my heart because like I was very like, I loved all five of them, like their friendship. And so I definitely want him to be happy and like I support him in that and I'm excited to see his solo stuff, but I would definitely be lying if I said like when he left, like it wasn't a sad moment for me and I'm sure like a lot of other people felt that. Um, Caitlin, do you want to give your two cents on the matter? <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, I'm always going to be interested in what he does, but the way he left and everything he's done since then definitely leaves like a sour taste in my mouth and like I think coming from it as a podcast perspective we don't talk about zane uh as much as we do the other boys mm -hmm. we'll briefly mention different things and actually next episode we're going to have an episode that goes into everything that zane has been doing uh recently in the articles that have come out in rolling stone and such because like we don't usually talk about it on the main episode because we want to focus on the boys um but i think people are still interested in hearing what's going up with that because he does have such a history with one direction but yeah, personally, I'm definitely like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I think I'll always be like tainted by what he did and well, the way he handled everything and what he continues to say about the boys and their yeah, relationship. I think that definitely like reflects the fandom. I think that there's like a very mixed opinions mm -hmm. in the fandom about like Zane and the whole ordeal and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's really been crazy. Like I said, I'm not an insider, but mm -hmm. it just seems like he's launching his solo career based on saying negative things about the band yeah yeah we definitely have discussed that and we're gonna go further into that because of the article that recently came out when he did say some not so nice things about their music and stuff so and not so nice things about women in general so that's true yeah <laughs> um we're definitely gonna have to dissect that because yeah. some of his statements are pretty questionable <laughs> yeah well, I guess I feel kind of lucky that I saw them back in the day when it was the original five. I saw them on their first tour. Ooh, wow. I guess it was the What Makes You Beautiful tour, 2012. I don't know if that's what it was called, but it was right when that was their biggest song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so exciting because I, I couldn't get to go to that because back then none of my friends were fans so um I wasn't going to go to a concert by myself. I guess I could have. You know, I like really do regret not going, but that's okay. Yeah, I have a lot of regrets of Taylor concerts I missed that I could have gone to by myself. And now it's become a normal thing for me to do that. So I guess it sort of evolves. Yeah. I just watched the Taylor Swift 1989 tour on Apple Music. And I was so upset that, I mean, this summer I had a job that was over like the dates that she had uh, the tour coming near us. But I'm so upset that I was yeah. not able to go based on that video. It looked absolutely incredible. It really was. 
And we went to the Red Tour. Kara and I both went to the Red Tour uh, last year, but or two years ago, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's two years ago? Like, yeah, whatever. Whenever the Red ago? Tour was. Four we years didn't... ago. I don't know. It was a was long it, time it was ago. Maybe three years ago? It was 2013. Oh, oh wow. That was, okay, wow. A long time ago. Anyways, we went to that one and thought it was incredible. Yeah. Um, but we weren't able to go to this one and I watched it and I was so upset that I hadn't gone because it looked absolutely incredible. Oh, man. So how many One Direction shows have you guys been to? We've been to two, right? Yeah. yeah. We went to their Midnight Memory Store. What was that called? Wow, we're uh, such good fans. <laughs> Take me home. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> where we are. Um, where we are. No, what? It was WWA. Where no. we are. Oh, yeah, where we are. Right. They have, like, the weirdest names for their tours. I never know what yeah. they are. They're just, like, kind of questions and, like, I don't know. They're, like, full sentences. And, and all of their stuff that they do, like, all, re- this is us, like, where yeah. we are. It's it just all kind random. of, like, philosophical, like, questions. Yeah. Well, yeah, Ashley and I were just talking about that because, Ashley, that's the one you went to, right? Yes, I got to see them during that tour. Um. My show was in September of 2014. And I really, like, I really like seeing their tour. It was um, mm-hmm. the first full set tour that I had seen. Because as Ashley mentioned earlier, we both got to see them during the iHeartRadio Fest. Oh. Was it that same year? Yeah, it was right around the same month, I think, that you ended up seeing them. Yeah, I, I like them so much at iHeart. It was right before Zane left. Yeah. But it was a really good show. And so... I'm, like, sad of their, like, hiatus because, I mean, if they were going to do a tour again, I'd want to go see them again. Yeah. Yeah, especially with their new album. They're not going to tour. If they ever tour with it, um, I don't know if they'll like, come back with new stuff and then immediately tour with that. Because, like, I love their new album and I would love to see it in, you know, in a show. But yeah. who knows if that's ever going to happen. But, you know, we'll hold out hope. Yeah, isn't that really weird? It, doesn't that sort of make you question why they did that? Yeah, it is actually pretty weird. I'm not sure. I think that, like, they've just been on tour for so long. Like, they've just really had no breaks in between. Like, they've literally just produced an album and then, like, mm-hmm. went on tour and they've had nothing in between. So I think that they just, like, needed some time off. So Yeah, and after Zayn left, the boys all really came together and were like, okay, we need to make a new album. We need to make it awesome yeah. to remind the fans that we're still here. Like, we're not leaving them just because Zayn left. We're not breaking up. We're going to make the best album yet, which is really cool. And I think also... Because they weren't going into tour, like, after it, they already knew that they weren't going to tour the album. They were able to make different types of songs. There's a lot more, like, ballads on the album and, like, slow songs and different sounding songs than ones that, I mean, in the past, they always say they really like to make anthemic songs so that they can, you know, that's their sort of style with touring. So it's definitely, like, affected the way they made the album, which is cool. Do they have a contract on how many albums they had to release? I think it was five. Yeah, but it's all, like, it's a lot of, like, rumors and stuff where you don't actually know what's going on. It's Yeah. But I wish they just, like, released their contracts, like, all the things, but, like, they definitely <laughs> don't do that. So we have, like, kind of no idea. It's kind of up in the air, but I think it was five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're sort of in the same boat with Taylor and her break mm-hmm. because articles have been playing it up like she could be going away for years, and we don't think that's very likely to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just that this tour ended in December. And she usually puts albums out in the fall. So if she put one out in October, which like she normally would, that's still a 10-month break. That's a long break. Yeah. So I think people just think it's going to be a longer one because I guess, for example, when the Red Tour officially ended was in June. And then she put out Shake It Off in August. So that was a very short time. So right. oh, yeah. we don't think this is going to be years. We think it'll be hopefully just under a year. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's already, it's so crazy to think she's gotten, like, if she's following the same path. Like, I feel like 1989 just came out. I know. It does feel like that. Where, like, we're already expecting, like, new music next fall, you know? I think it's crazy. It's super yeah. exciting, though. I know. I'm ready. I know. <laughs> yeah. And also, I feel like the media definitely always plays it up. They're like, oh, she's going to, like, you know, be away for, like, 17 years. Like, when's she going to come back? But, like, <laughs> And they do the same thing with One Direction. Oh, yeah. Yep. They just get fodder out of Taylor and One Direction. Yeah, yeah definitely. They just want those clicks and those, you know, ad revenues. So. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of Taylor and One Direction, what do you think about the rumors about for example, Perfect being about Taylor. And I love that song. I think mm-hmm. it's actually really good. I mean, we briefly discussed on our episode about Perfect the comparison between how the songs do sound alike. I'm sure you guys heard uh, those fan mix things where they played the two songs on top of each other. What was it? Perfect and... Style. 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 Yeah. Um, and like the similarities in sound. Uh, which, I mean, God knows if they got it from there because, you know, artists are always taking inspiration from each other. Um, but I mean, Harry did write on Perfect, but it's hard to speculate about what's written about what. Just, like, I know they write from personal experience, but you want to say something, Kara? <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, I never, like, really want to just, like, pinpoint who it's about, but I think it could also just be about, like, dating in the fame world and like dating within celebrity culture because i think it definitely was about um i don't know it could be taken as like two celebrities dating because of the lyrics like talking about like they had to like hide away and like the paparazzi's flashing so um i don't know i think it's interesting just to hear celebrities talking about dating because um it's nothing you know i'm i will ever experience so i think it's like cool to like get an inside like view of that yeah and it's reflective a lot of like a lot of what taylor does with just i know places like that song as well Mm -hmm. stuff like that where just like because they're living the same type of life i'd say one direction taylor swift especially get hounded Mm -hmm. and really harry very much by the media yeah so it's not surprising that the their lyrics about their personal lives reflect each other i would yeah. say but i wouldn't necessarily say oh he was writing about a specific instance you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah i can't see taylor trashing a hotel room <laughs> <laughs> i think the song is really interesting and i like it i think it's a good song yeah, yeah. and i think that with a lot of taylor's songs she gives us clues, you know, mm-hmm. you can kind of narrow down who it's about. But at the end of the day, it almost doesn't matter because the messages mm-hmm. of most of her songs can be applied so broadly that we really don't even focus on who it's about too much. Yeah. yeah. And I know Taylor does a ton of the writing herself. With One Direction, while they do a lot of the writing, the people that wrote that song, you had Harry, Louie, and about three other people writing on that song. So it's also hard to say who wrote which lyrics. Yeah. You no, know, with Taylor, it's a lot easier to be like, okay, this is clearly her own genius, you know? But yeah. um, I think with when they're writing with like a number of people, it's harder to pinpoint who's contributing what in in a song. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Right. Although sort of related to that, I know Ed recently said he feels like he doesn't have a need to write with them anymore because they've developed so much of their own songwriting skills that he just thinks they're ready to go off on their own. Yeah, I think I know he said that because he's written songs for like 
he's written a number of songs for their albums, which has been really cool. And obviously his songwriting is incredible. Mm -hmm. But I think it is true that as time has gone on, the boys have been more confident in their songwriting and developing into more personal, taking from more personal experiences um, rather than sort of going with like what's going to sell. Yeah. And also I think that they're developing their own, you know, genre and like their own style. Because I think like when you listen to a One Direction album and you like hear an Ed like a song that Ed wrote, you can definitely distinctly tell that it's Ed's style, and which I love, but I think that it's, like, beneficial for One Direction to, um, you know, like, hone in on their own style and maybe, like, not get it written by someone who has such a distinct voice. That's really interesting you say that, because I was just thinking about how Ed wrote on Justin Bieber's song, Love Yourself, and when I hear no. it, I can hear Ed so distinctly. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. How did I not know that? Oh, wow. I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting because I was listening to parts of Justin's new album and there are some songs I thought were okay. And then this song, Love Yourself, just stood out and I loved it. And I so then I looked into it. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) He has such a distinct voice and even just the rhythm, like the way that he writes the verses, you can just always tell. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. So speaking of songs, do you guys have a favorite One Direction song at the moment from the new album? Yeah, mm. we definitely do. Oh, well, yeah. at least I do. Yeah. Uh, my, I would say mine is Olivia, uh, which is one that Harry wrote on. No surprise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's just such an exciting, fun song, and it's quite different from what they've done. It, like harkens back to Beatles oh, yeah. era and it's got new instruments. It's got trumpets on it. You know, they've done a lot of like guitar and Rocky and sort of more, uh, a more electric sound, but this mm-hmm. one definitely has, um, I don't know. It has more of an old timey feel in a lot of ways. And I think it's just a really fun bubbly song. That's like fun to dance to, but it's got really cool lyrics as well. Some of the lyrics in that song are, are really beautiful. Yeah. I think that just in general, this whole album has like, stepped up their lyric game yeah, for sure definitely um and mine would have to be what a feeling i just think it's like such a cool song um i don't even know what it is about it. it's very like 70s i don't know it just looked really cool have you guys listened to um one direction's new album at all yes i actually have it um Ooh. so right now the song what if um what is it love you goodbye is stuck in my head right now mm. <laughs> i like that one <laughs> that's a good one i think uh, Louis wrote that one. He said that, uh, that one was very much like he put a lot of himself into it. And it's like his most, like the song he's most proud of because it was so much about like his own experiences, which was cool. Mm-hmm. So do the two of them, Harry and Louis, do the majority of the writing? Um, no, I think it was pretty split between the boys. Uh, Harry, I think is credited on writing four or five of the songs, but, uh, three of them was like only he was credited for writing them. Uh, Liam and Louie did quite a number of the yeah. songs. They, I would say they did the most, but it wasn't like the majority. Yeah. Um, I think, um, in the past two, they have been the, like the duo, like the songwriting duo for most of it. Yeah. For like their past albums and stuff. But I think like Niall has written some songs too. Yeah. So. Niall wrote on two by himself plus like yeah. the songwriting group that they do, like that they have with them. And then he wrote on one with Liam as well. So. Um, yeah. I, I'd say it's pretty, it's pretty equal, split. yeah. Yeah. So, have you guys ever met One Direction? 
No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't, we haven't met them, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, just, just from afar. Yeah. Or, well, we've got, we got good seats at, you know, the concerts, but. Yeah. Um, have yet to meet them. Yeah. But, um, I saw from your website, we were just like, you know, like creeping around, just, you know, <laughs> um, and we happened upon your pictures with Taylor Swift and we actually wanted to ask you, like, what that was like meeting her and, like, what that experience was like. I'm sure you've talked about this on the podcast, but, um, and I'll definitely, like, go back into your archives and, like, try to find it. But I was wondering if you guys could, like, maybe elaborate on, like, how meeting her was like. Well, we all kind of had different experiences of first times meeting her. My, so I've met her twice and the first time was on the red tour and after trying like really unsuccessfully for years to meet her because you know she doesn't sell her meet and greets like it's very hard to meet her you either have to win or just like some sort of magic happens and <laughs> you just meet her somehow so I met her before the concert and it was really brief but she's just amazing like she really just makes you feel like a friend that she's known forever and really lives up to every expectation that you have of her yeah for me i was a fan since 2006 and i felt like it just was never gonna happen and i figured well maybe i'll be 80 and i'll finally meet her <laughs> but i was okay with that but then like ashley said just sort of this magical thing happened i entered this contest and it was an essay contest and then i was selected to go to her live stream which is when she announced 1989. Oh my gosh. Wow, I watched that. That was such an <laughs> exciting time. <laughs> it was crazy. I just, I still can't believe it happened. And she invited us back to her apartment in New York. Oh and I got to meet her cats. And... Oh my God. She's so great. That, that gives me hope for meeting One Direction. I know. Though I feel like Taylor's very much really wanting to like get involved with meeting the fans. And yeah. like, you know, she's so... I don't know. She's very involved, like, online. I know, and, and I really respect her for, like, not selling her meet and greets. I think that's, like, very rare in this industry because, like, people, like, charge so much money for meet and greets. So, like, that's really cool that she doesn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that I think we all hope she never changes. And, I mean, it's definitely been frustrating at times, you know, when you try to meet her and it doesn't work out. And you're like, why can't I just... But in the end, it's a good thing. It really is because it makes it so special when you get to somehow... Yeah, and then for me, so I also met Taylor um, twice. Uh, the first time was when we were invited to the Ultimate Secret Session in New York. And we were kind of waiting towards the end to meet her so that we could be the last ones to kind of talk to her <laughs> and everything. And yeah. I was just, I don't know what was going on. I think I was having like an anxiety attack because I, <laughs> I just had built up all this in my mind, like, what am I going to say? Like, I didn't really have anything prepared to talk to her about and just kind of like standing there and trying to compose myself. But um, once I got up there and started talking to her, um, again, a lot of people say that it's really easy to talk to her because she makes you feel like, comfortable and like your friends and that sort of thing. And she really is just as sweet and friendly, like as everybody said she is. And um, it really, it was really awesome to get to meet her and talk to her and she's just super sweet and I still can't believe it happened, <laughs> but it was amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. She seems like such a nice person to me. Like I could definitely see like her just being such like a welcoming and like warming presence. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. And it, it's kind of like in that, you know, minute or two minutes you get to spend with her, it just sort of validates or at least for me, it did, like, everything that we do, like, it's so worth yeah. it spending this time putting out this podcast for her, like, I'll always mm -hmm. 
do anything I can to support her. Like she's just yeah. she's worth it. <laughs> yeah, she's like a genuinely nice person, you know. You're not you're not meeting someone who's just like completely an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if anybody wants to hear about we had episodes about these experiences. They were episodes 66 and 79. So it was, it's just crazy. And hopefully you guys will get to meet One Direction. Like I said, even if you're 80 or something, just, <laughs> yeah, it will happen. The retirement home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember like one of our listeners, like we were talking about, I think on one of the podcasts, we're like, oh, this is never going to happen. Like, you know, like we can dream. And then like one of our listeners was like, you know, never say never. And I was like, that's true. Like, you know, weird things can happen, like mm-hmm. weird coincidences. Just so we're going to, you know, keep our hopes up. Yep. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I feel like when I really lost all hope, though, is when it happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just figured, like, this is just never going to happen. Um, yeah. All but right. it we will. We need to lose hope right yeah, now. Yeah, we need to lose all hope. <laughs> okay. Just in general, what's it like sort of being in your fandom, you know, online and, like, when you meet fans at concerts? What has that been like? Um, It's been super crazy and awesome. Like, I mean... Being it, we were, we were sort of silent people in the One Direction fandom before we started this podcast. You yeah. know, there's so many fan sites and Twitter update accounts and, uh, like Tumblrs and all that. And I follow a ton of them and I have since I've been a fan and so many awesome creators from like fan fiction writers to fan artists to all this type of stuff. Um, but then to start the podcast and like be like, okay, I'm going to be a presence in the p- fandom now has been really cool and such an amazing experience because now we've, definitely interacted with other fans and become friends with people through our podcast like some of our listeners we've like been in talking talking with like since we began the podcast and it's just so cool how you can actually meet people and like bond over something even when you know people are in different countries or all over the world or different ages you know i think it's just been such an amazing experience because of that yeah i definitely agree i just like never thought i'd be the type of person who would like put content out in a fandom and like you know put myself out there in that way but i'm like just so glad i did because we've met so many cool people and it's just like um it's just like really fun to talk about something that you're so like passionate about like every week and just have other people who enjoy it and like like listening to you like it's just like a crazy thing that i don't know i I don't think i'll ever get over it so i don't know it's just like really cool to like meet people and interact with people like on on twitter and stuff and like hearing that they like like our podcasts and stuff and just you know, bonding even over other things other than One Direction because um, we have like, you know, other different interests that we found like through One Direction. So it's been, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. And I think it also just validates the fact again and again, that the view that the media or other people who are like less in the know that they might have on people who are in fandoms or of fangirls or whatever, I think it really shows that those negative opinions of us are wrong and that a lot of people that I've met in this fandom are very multifaceted. And you have, you know, you see a girl who's 16 running an update account and someone might scoff at that. But if she has half a million followers on her Twitter, she has so much power to reach out to people. And then you see them, you know, retweeting stuff about things that aren't necessarily one direction and maybe more political or social or things happening with you know uh marriage equality in the u.s and that reaches that many people and you're just going like you know what this is actually pretty cool and you know people have young people have voices and you need to listen to them because this is this is the way things are moving you know yeah 
That's so true. And I think that's definitely been similar to our experiences too. We have six hosts that on a rotating basis do the show and we all met on the internet. Like I never thought that I would be someone to, like you said, like put myself out there in a fandom and make friends on the internet and then start hanging out with those friends in real life. And it's just been amazing. Yeah, that's cool. I was going to ask you guys like how you met. So did you guys all meet like on the internet? Are you guys like not, you don't live near each other? We all live in different states. Oh, wow. That's so cool. That's Mm -hmm. cool. Because me and Caitlin have known each other since we were like in seventh grade. Um, So that's how we, you know, started this. But that's so cool that you guys met over the internet. We sort of just are a random bunch of people who met in random ways (laughs) and (laughs) everything worked out. We all like each other and we all love creating this content podcast. Yeah, this question, because we, we find this a lot, like, to be a, a sort of not difficult thing to deal with, but an interesting thing to deal with, talking about running a fandom podcast to people that are not in the fandom, you know, maybe relatives or friends, or, like, how do you, do you, like, tell them, oh, hey, like, I run a Taylor Swift podcast, like, is that something you do, or, like, how do you balance that, I would say? I think we all have different opinions on this. For me, I've always been very vocal about it. I work in mm. marketing and I've even put it on my resume. I've talked about it in job interviews. And I would say the reactions I've gotten have all been positive. Like I've gotten some people that don't know what podcasts are. Like the president of my company always says, how's your Taylor Swift blog going? Like he doesn't understand. But like in general, people tend to think it's really cool. I feel like it's been like a conversation starter for me with people. I think people want to know more. I don't know. It's been for me, it's that's, been my experience yeah for me the experience is a little bit different um people i think sort of think it's weird uh (laughs) so i usually just don't really mention it it's sort of like my undercover identity or something (laughs) which i'm fine (laughs) with um Mm -hmm. and my career it wouldn't really help me in my career so i just i don't put it on my resume or anything but i love doing it and I really will do anything to support Taylor till I'm, like I said, 80 or 90 or whatever. Kind of same for me, like Ashley was saying. I uh, I mentioned it in a job interview that this is something I do on the side for fun. And they were kind of curious to know like what it's about because they've never heard anybody speak of like doing podcasts before. So they were pretty interested in that. But yeah, it's pretty much open about it. Uh, all my friends are always know that they can come and ask me questions about what's going on with Taylor. So it's, yeah. speak. so it's really cool when you kind of talk about it and kind of generate conversation to, especially for people that know of Taylor, but, uh, you know, don't follow her as much to know kind of what's going on in the fandom or news wise and that sort of thing. For me, it's nice because I almost feel like it gives me a built-in excuse to go to as many concerts for Taylor as I do. (laughs) Like, people just figure that that's my thing and that's what I'm going to do. Like, some people ask me, like, so do you go to every show? (laughs) (laughs) I do go to a lot, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd be going anyway, but it's nice to be able to do that and then use the experiences that I have there to talk about on the show. And Mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's definitely been a plus. That's so funny because when we were um, 
going to buy tickets for the most recent One Direction show that we were going to. We were like, um, we like were validating ourselves. We were like, this is a business expense. Like, you know, we have to go to this concert. Like, <laughs> we um, need good seats. We need to spend yeah. this much money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. How do you guys balance? Um, and I don't know, like, if you guys, I'm sure you guys find this because Taylor Swift has talked about it in the media a ton. Um, how do you balance like stories on your show that you think are like newsworthy and like have to talk about that are important, but also like giving her privacy and not talking about things that are too personal? Cause we, we definitely have to deal with that with all the rumors that fly around with One Direction. That's a really good question. I kind of feel like for the most part, unless we're dissecting an actual song, we try to stay away from her personal life. Do you guys agree? Yeah, I think. Like Ashley said earlier, even recently, the way the songs have been, you can relate to them so much without really even having to know who the song is about. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll mention it in passing, yeah, but we don't focus on it. Mm-hmm. And I guess with Taylor kind of makes it easy in a way because she does so much. Like even now when she's on her break, there's still articles coming out about things she's videos she's releasing and whatever that she gives she really gives us a lot to work with so we mm-hmm. try and focus more on the other aspects yeah that's what we try to do yeah <laughs> we definitely get people writing in asking us to talk about things and we're like hey let's like let's talk about what the boys want us to talk about you know yeah i think also like people like respect that we like respect the boys privacy and i'm sure like your listeners feel the same way um, because I don't know, we just didn't want to like seem like a tabloid and just like, you know, like run with every rumor. Cause you know, we want to, I don't know, just like give them their privacy and their, the respect. So yeah. Like yeah. we'll mention that she was hanging out with Calden, but we won't really go into much of their relationship status. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, where do you guys see yourself in the future? Do you think you guys are going to keep following, uh, Taylor Swift and keep doing the, doing the podcast for like, you know, exponentially, I guess. So we're 90. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We've been doing this now for almost three years. And kind of like Ashley said, Taylor just keeps giving us content, even when she's not actively promoting a new album. She's out there visiting kids with cancer or going to people's houses or even if she's sort of sheltered and not really in the public a lot we still talk we find things to talk about um in between red and 1989 i thought it was going to be really difficult to find content and we every week there was just something new to talk about so and even if taylor ever did decide to stop making her own music i know she still would be involved somehow either writing other people's songs or she's just so creative she would find something else to do with her time so for me this is just really fun and i'm willing to do it as long as everybody else is willing to do it (laughs) yeah it's hard to imagine not doing it honestly yeah so you guys do it every week and you've been doing it for three years for the most part yeah we have an off week here and there if we're traveling to a show or something but we've been pretty good i feel like we've only had three or four off weeks and wow the time that we've been doing this that's so impressive yeah because we like we've only been doing it for like maybe six months but it already seems like a like you know a part of our week and just like a part of our lives so yeah. i can definitely see how like you know three years in like it just is literally a part of just you what you do yeah yes the days 
when we don't record, if we have an off week, it feels weird to mm -hmm. not be recording, which yeah. I like. I like that it's a part of our lives now. Yeah. yeah. And it's evolved over time. You know, we've made so many new friends. We've had new hosts come along who, mm -hmm. in most cases, were people that were just fans of the show and started talking to us. And then we ended up mm -hmm. including them. And, you know, it's just it's always changing. I feel like I feel like we've grown so much and I'm excited to see where it takes us on her next era. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's so cool that you have like three years worth of podcasts to like go listen to and not even just like, um, you know, the stories you talked about, but like even yourself and like seeing like where you were in that like time in your life. I think that's just gonna be like so cool to like listen back onto it like when you're like old and gray, you know, like I think that's gonna be <laughs> awesome. This is definitely in my life the project that I've followed through with for the longest. It's kind of amazing yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's so surreal that like we've actually Kept followed going. through, you yeah. know, yeah. like not just said, hey, we're going to do a podcast, but like actually consistently done the podcast. I know, because I feel like me and Caitlin are both sort of the people that like get like, you know, like really excited about an idea, but then kind of don't follow through. But it's cool that we actually have been yeah. for this long. But yeah, I was just like me and Caitlin were talking about like how you guys have like 138 episodes, I think. And like, that's just crazy and just like awesome. Cause you know, mm -hmm. we just hit our like 30th episode and we were like really psyched about that. <laughs> it but, like, goes by fast. You'll like... be surprised. Wow. Yeah. That's Even crazy. 30 in, I'm like, whoa, where did yeah. the time go? I know. Like, I remember wow. when we had like three episodes, yeah. like, and we were pumped about that. <laughs> you guys tend to hear from a lot of fans in other countries because we definitely do. Yeah. I mean, we look at our stats online and you can see where like everyone's listening from which is crazy to it's think like so some of our biggest like cities are in countries that are so far away from where we are yeah um and and to become friends too with people who live in different countries we've got someone we talk to quite closely in colombia and mm -hmm. you know others in england and other parts of the u.s which is just so it's just so cool to see that like interaction internationally with young people you know, people say a lot of times with technology, people are getting farther apart and not, you know, connecting with other people. But I think they miss the fact that young people are starting to be able to connect with people all over the world. And maybe maybe they're not making best friends with someone who's their next door neighbor, door neighbor but, you know, they can become best friends with someone who lives in Colombia. Yeah, and you probably might have more in common with the person, like, from, I don't know, India than you do in your like to your next door neighbor. So I think that just, like... I don't know. It's really cool. And I think that people definitely devalue internet friendships. And mm -hmm. I think they're like such a huge part of our culture now that I don't know. I think that it, they definitely deserve more respect. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, so how about your guys' favorite Taylor Swift songs? I guess 1989 or otherwise. Yeah. I feel like we've discussed this to death and we've still had no answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's just impossible. Yeah. I feel like, honestly, you could ask me on any given day, and I would give you a different answer. I honestly do. Kara, do you have a favorite from 1989? I think New Romantics might be mm. definitely one of my favorites. I think also I um, it's one of the ones I can personally relate to the most. I just feel like it really sums up, like, my sophomore year of college, like, the experience. <laughs> like, it just, like, struck me so hard. Like, it really, it really, I don't know. And it's just, like, such a jam. It's such a fun song to dance to and sing to. So mm -hmm. I think that's one definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, New Romantics is great. And yeah. I love um, I Know Places. And then, mm -hmm. like, obviously, like, Blank Space is awesome. That's yeah. the Everyone problem. You start awesome. thinking about the whole album. And then you say, I love this one and this one and this one. Yeah, I was listening to it today and this love came on and I hadn't heard it in a oh, while man. and I got into that song all over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
um, when I was listening to one of your episodes, you guys were like talking about all these songs. I'm like, wow, and I like need to pause your episode and like go listen to these songs now. Like, oh man, like uh, just 1989 is such a great album. Like, it really is. it's so solid. It just wow. Well, we're very anxious and excited to see what happens at the Grammys with album of the year. I know. That's one of our questions. Do you think, I think she deserves it personally. Oh yeah. I think like everything that's come with the album, not only the incredible music, but everything she's done in this whole era has been so like completely awesome and new and not something that people have done in a long time or ever really. Um, but yeah, I think, I'm sure she's going to win some Grammy. She was nominated for a ton of stuff, especially with Blank Space, but I kind of want her to get album of the year. Yeah. Yeah. We that. definitely yeah. do. We think that she's worked very hard for it and now we just have to wait. I think actually the voting deadline just passed. I'm so excited to watch. I know. And I'm excited to see like what she wears because she always just looks so great at yeah. award shows like <laughs> slash ever. So, um, going into the future with Taylor Swift, I feel like, um, I think she said that she doesn't want to create another album like 1989, like she did like the whole pop experience. Do you guys like have any speculation on what she's going to be doing next? Like, do you think it'll still be pop or like she'll go into a different direction? Um, I had a few predictions on this a little bit ago. I said, I feel like this next era, her hair will be darker and I feel like she's growing it. She changes her hair for every era. Um, and I feel like she might go with still the pop sound, but maybe more rocky. Like it, you said that you saw the 1989 tour video, sort of like the We Are Never feel. Yeah, yeah. That, that sort of feel, which I would, would love. Mm-hmm. Um, or I think, I think it's too early for this, but I think at some point she'll go completely acoustic. Like, I'm not sure if you've seen the videos she's been releasing from the Grammy Museum, but they're widely acclaimed and i think maybe she'll realize that she needs to do something acoustic um so that's my hope someday i don't know that it will be anytime soon but i I was actually just thinking more about that tonight and listening to those performances and like you said it might be too soon because i feel like that's something i feel like that would be a really big card for her to play I feel like she might be saving that one, but I also could see her just doing it. So I don't know. And I think she's at a point where people will look to her at whatever she does, you know, she's going to do well. Right. I mean, you really never know with Taylor what she's going to do, but I do kind of agree with Steph that um, I feel like she might stick with pop, but a different spin on it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think she could go more acoustic if she ever wanted to maybe go back to sort of a country sound. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, but country is sort of in such a weird landscape right now. I don't see her going back to it anytime soon. It's just, it's so different right now from when she started. Yeah, I feel like it also is more popish now. So it's, I don't know, I think country is sort of like evolving into like, country slash pop slash i don't know it doesn't seem like it's there's a lot of blending of genres that's true yeah like you look at the x's and o songs that's very rocky and country yeah or like folksy i don't know we're really bad for genres (laughs) we are (laughs) we were wondering what your favorite guest collaboration on the 1989 tour was because i thought that was like so cool that she had like so many different guests and um yeah we were wondering what your favorite was Wow, you guys have really good questions. 
ones that are impossible to answer. <laughs> um, we've talked a lot about this on other episodes too, and I feel mm. like a lot of us really liked, obviously Justin Timberlake mm. and Mick Jagger is was huge. Mm. Um, uh, I got I got to see Lord, which was crazy. Oh my god, I love Lord so much. They were all just so good, and based on the live version on Apple. The Wiz Khalifa one looked amazing. I really wish we had a full video of that. I would say that one would have to be my favorite because it surprised me so much. I just feel like it's so awesome that she had like all these like different people in different genres, like people you would never expect to see on stage with Taylor Swift. And mm-hmm. like, and they just came away and like really respected her. Like, I don't know. I would never think to like uh, Wiz Khalifa and Taylor Swift to be like on stage singing together. And that was just like awesome to see. Did you guys have a favorite guest performance? Um, I am very partial to Little Mix. Um, <laughs> and I thought that was really cool that she brought them on. I never expected that. So Yeah, I that was, was awesome. Just like, yeah. And, like, also they're so tiny and, like, she's so tall. And it was just, like, so <laughs> funny to, like, see. So, yeah, I thought that was cute. And, like, I feel like I just go for the artists I like. Like, I love Walk the Moon. So, um, like, oh, that yeah. one. But, I mean, obviously, like, I haven't heard them. So, it's, like, you know... It's, yeah, it's, I, I like. Is there any possibility of her ever like releasing the footage of all the different collaborations? Like that would be incredible. Yeah, no. see, everybody wants this. <laughs> we felt that when she was promoting the video, we were sure that she was going to release footage of all the guest performances. So we were a little bit disappointed that it was just clips. But then she ended up releasing the full video of Doubt with Mary J. Blige and. So I don't know. I feel like it's sort of a possibility. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they have them. So, like, it would be sort of a wasted opportunity not to do something with them. You know, maybe they're figuring out what they're going to do. I don't know. It's like people can't always afford to go to the shows or, like, have a job in the summer and can't go. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) you know. Yeah. And also I feel like that would be a good thing to do to, like, tie it over the fans or, like, just as, like, you know, a treat for the fandom, like, while they're waiting for the next album. I think that would be, like, a really cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I know that One Direction doesn't really bring out guests at their shows as much, but is there someone that you'd love to see them perform with in the future? Ooh. We've talked about a lot of different collaborations that we'd love to see. I mean, again, it's, like, I love Ed Sheeran, so yeah. it'd be great to see them do something with Ed Sheeran. Um, on that stage, I know awesome. a long time ago they brought Ed Sheeran out on the stage, like way back in Take Wasn't Me Home like... era or something, oh. when they sung um, Little Things. Yeah, oh, wow. but that was like so long ago. So like having him again, um... or someone like completely random. I remember when they had um, Ronnie Wood from um, mm-hmm. the Rolling Stones. Like they, that was awesome. So maybe some like iconic people from like the Rolling Stones or something. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or just, like, iconic, like, older bands. Or, or um, what's his name? Wow, this is terrible. I'm sorry. My dad's going to be really pissed at me. Um, Paul McCartney. <laughs> I just completely <laughs> forgot his name. Um, I feel like that'd be really cool, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like there's so many different opportunities for, like, different people. But, like, I don't know. I, I, there's just an endless opportunity, yeah. I guess. Endless supply. So... In terms of Taylor being sort of, especially with the 1989 era, um, being this really big, like, icon, feminist icon, and also role model for a lot of young people and young women especially, I'd say, how do you guys feel about, like, what she's doing in terms of that? And, like, I don't know, 
I mean, I think it's awesome, <laughs> but like, how do you guys think of that whole sort of image that she's putting together and or, or that she is, you know, that icon? I think it's awesome. For me, I work in a profession that's dominated by men and like very, very dominated by men. And for me, she's just instilled so much confidence in me, in myself as I'm interviewing for jobs and just even working in the profession. Um, it's been a huge confidence booster for me just to think about the things that she's saying and to realize, oh yeah, this is, this is a problem. Um, so I'm really glad she used to be completely against talking about feminism and she didn't even really understand what it was. So it's cool that she has studied up on it and is a voice now for people. Yeah. I mean, I think she's always, reflected those types of opinions but like Steph said didn't necessarily say I'm a feminist and I think one of the really interesting things that happened from the red era to 1989 was obviously she's been well aware for years that everyone loves to talk about who she's dating but she sort of took that narrative and took control of it and turned it a different way so now people are I mean of course still always going to talk about that but now they're more talking about Look at all her friends. Look at all the people she's brought on stage. Like, look at all the artists she's supported and all the great things that she's done to support women and everything like that. So I think that's one of the most important things that she's done. The funny thing is, even before she became outspoken as a feminist, we would do episodes where there were all these articles where people would bash her about how she refused to be called a feminist. And we would say... She actually always has been a feminist. She's out there doing her own thing. She's writing her own songs. She's paving the way for other artists, female artists, to enter the scene. So I feel like she's really just always been a feminist. She just didn't fully understand. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people, like, they're coming to realize, oh, this is what feminism is. You yeah. Know? Like, even me, like, not that I didn't say I was a feminist, but I just didn't know what it was until, like, you know, a couple years ago. So... It's definitely, I think people are becoming more knowledgeable, knowledgeable about it in general, which, and that, that includes like celebrities and artists and famous people. Yeah. So. It's really cool to see like celebrities, like really understanding what it is and what it means and not being so hesitant to talk about it. Cause I think it's, it's so important to talk about. Um, and especially like Taylor Swift, she's like such a powerful voice to like be using the word feminism is just like mind blowing and like really important within itself. Mm -hmm. Um, because so many like people stay, like stay away from that word as if it was like a bad word to say. So it's just like really cool that she's like even using the word because that is definitely important. Yeah. I think I completely agree. The, the word itself used to be so negative. Yeah. It just had, because people just didn't understand it. So. It's cool to see how the times have changed just within the past couple of years. So also in this, the Taylor Swift fandom, I know there's a ton of stuff that goes on in the One Direction fandom where um, different fans are supporting each other and working together to put together awesome projects or just like the whole, you know, making friends or someone says something where they're down on themselves about we recently had a had a listener on our show where she made a comment about how people I mean, how she didn't like the sound of her voice on our podcast and everyone was like, no, you sound great. Like, just like simple support like that. Do you guys find a lot of that in the Taylor Swift fandom? Yeah, I think so. I think the cool thing about Taylor's fans are we sort of support each other. One time Taylor had this acceptance speech and she said that 
she really likes the fans because they're not threatening to light people on fire and something like that. And everybody's just really nice to each other. So it's just crazy the number of people you get to meet just through having a common interest like Taylor or One Direction. And it's just crazy how your life changes based on people you meet um, and what an influence people you wouldn't have otherwise known can have on your life. And are there there are projects I know with the One Direction fandom? Have you guys heard about the No Control project before? No, no. So this project was No Control is a song on their album Four, where it was it became a fan favorite pretty quickly. Uh, everyone was everyone in the fandom was talking about it and really loved the song. Um, and this happened right after Zayn left, where there had been some commentary going back and forth with this other guy. Um, talking about Louis's voice and how it wasn't really good. And the fans came together um, and, and started this project called the No Control Project. And No Control is one of like the few songs that Louis has the chorus on. So his voice is like a really strong um, like sound in the whole song. And they decided that the fans were going to release the song as a single, like without, like without help of the boys. So like tons of fans wrote into uh, I mean, called into radio stations and articles were written about this and like we got huge attention in like the media and it was all like fan driven. And, you know, we helped release this song as a single and get it to play on the radios, uh, which was really cool. And like the boys took notice of it. Louis was really like appreciative of it. I know um, James, when the boys went on James Corden's Late Late Show, they talked about it and it was like this whole like fan put together project, um, which just showed uh, how amazing and the fandom can be and how amazing like young people can be when they come together. Um, but do you see that type of, uh, you know, fan driven projects? I know there's a lot of charities put up for different things, like Taylor Swift related. Like how, what do you see in, in the Taylor Swift fandom? That's like that. God, now I feel like we need to do something better. <laughs> that is crazy. That is such an awesome story. Uh, wow. For me, what comes to mind though, in relation to Taylor is the fans went on a really large campaign for Taylor to sing all too well at the Grammys and Taylor took notice of it and ended up singing it. And then the other thing is a lot of times people specifically children who are sick, who really want to meet Taylor, we band together and make things trend on social media so that, Taylor will meet people. The latest example was a little girl named Delaney in Colorado. And Taylor actually noticed on social media that we were trending this all over the place. And she went to Delaney's house and actually spent the day with her. And I feel like we have a very high success rate. Like whenever one of those stories comes out, I feel like we get Taylor to notice within a couple weeks usually. I definitely feel like she does a lot of um, those kind of things. I, um, I know, I think it was last year when she did like the Swift Miss thing and like sent fans like presents and stuff. I thought that was just like awesome. She just like has very different like creative ways of like interacting with fans in that way. And I don't know, just like very different from other, other celebrities. It's very it's, personable. Yeah. Like, it's she'll so go personal. and like find out exactly like what the person's into and like tailor their gifts, ha, tailor, <laughs> their gifts. <laughs> tailor their gifts to what they like, you know, and I don't know, just. So yeah, cool. It's really cool. Yeah, she's amazing. And I, I've kind of noticed that I pay attention to a lot of artists, a trend of more artists trying to find creative ways to engage with their fans. Like, for example, 
I just saw this on Instagram. Hunter Hayes, who's a country singer, selected a few fans on Instagram and sang them a personalized Christmas carol in DM. Oh my them. god! Yeah, and I feel that's like so cool. I mean, I'm not saying he got the idea from Taylor or anything, but I feel like that's starting to become the new standard of how artists can show appreciation to their fans, and I think that's one of the best things that Taylor has done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she really definitely, and even if you're not a fan who got a gift, looking at that, like, you know, looking at it as a as a viewer online or on Tumblr, you're like, wow, you know, she really cares. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Well, thanks so much again for talking to us. This has been awesome. I feel like I've gotten really educated. <laughs> yeah, I love talking to people in other fandoms, too, because yeah. I feel like there's so much overlap between what we do, you know, and, and I think Kara and I are very much a part of the Taylor Swift fandom as yeah, well. That's true. <laughs> as you probably noticed, we're, we're quite fans of her music. So it's cool to talk to people who run a podcast who are even, you know, more involved. Yeah. Well, we definitely should talk again when award shows and things like that roll around. I'm sure we'll have yeah. a lot. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, thanks again, guys. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to bonus episode number four of Talk Direction. Make sure to go follow us on Twitter at talk underscore direction. You can email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. Visit our website, talkdirection.tumblr.com for all the show notes to the episodes. Um, Or go to our Instagram, talkdirection. Or you can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm Caitlin I.R. Foster, and that's C-A-I-T-L-I-N. And Kara, where can they find you? I'm Kara underscore pond, and Kara is with a C. Yeah, so thank you so much for listening. Um, We'll have another episode coming out on Wednesday, um, which we're going to be talking all about Zayn and everything that's been happening with him um, pretty much since he left, sort of, and like more recently uh, with the Rolling Stone article that came out. um, I think it's Billboard. Sorry, Billboard. Dang it, I said that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> the Billboard episode that came out um, about Zane. Um, we're going to be talking about um, things that he's been doing. So look forward to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see you in another couple of weeks for another bonus episode. Or we won't see you, but, you know, hear from us soon. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.